Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. So she's hot and can get like free healthcare. So if you can send me her number, I'm all, I'm, I'm there for that. Welcome to Manic Rambling Spiral. I am Heather B. Armstrong. And I am John R. Bray. This is going to be the Heather Can't Stop Crying episode. <laughs> laugh, 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 laugh. Laugh it off, laugh it off, laugh it off. We'll find reasons here and there, you know. I was literally just sobbing before you called, or I called you, I guess. I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm an adult. I'm okay. We're going to make it. I have to, I mean, our last episode was not especially uplifting, but we touched and there's, there's some emails that need responses. There might even be some stuff on social, but the discussion about millennials and understanding the millennial problem Mm -hmm. resonated with a lot of people. Yeah. I got such lovely personal email from people who were like, oh my God, like somebody's actually like understanding and putting words to the malaise of what is going on. And they were, everybody sent around that Buzzfeed article. Oh yeah. The one, the burnout generation. Yeah. It was encouraging too. I mean, there were so many positive responses, but there were, and there were a lot of millennials who were thrilled about it, but there were a lot of people that are older that have millennial friends that basically just said, thank you for this. Like not that they had judged their friends, but it helps them understand where they're at. Lita yesterday was asking about, she has to write two articles for the paper. She's in the journalism class and she writes for the school paper. She's a little stressed as one can be when one is very worried about one's grades. Slightly. Um, <laughs> and she was like, I need, to, I need to write this article about scholarships. Scholarships, mom. So I have this and this and this and this and this and this. And so I gave her a few extra ideas of what to include. And then I said, oh, by the way, you may want to talk about the fact that your generation is going to face a staggering and crippling amount of school debt in order to get a full college education. And that scholarships are a way to offset that debt. But you may want to like write something about that and research that a little bit. Um, and so she was like, oh, this is good. This is good. This is good. So <laughs> it sort of circled back around to last week's episode. And, and I think what's really scary for you guys too is the Affordable Care Act, you know, has saved a lot of us from the terror of pre-existing conditions. But then cost of insurance is we've talked about this a few times (laughs) did your premium go up by the way it did not i do not know why but it went down by three dollars i don't know why it still requires like 97 different hoops in order to do anything with it but it did go down so did my dental by like a whole dollar oh really now it granted it doesn't cover anything but it's there (laughs) Yeah, so my, I I think I mentioned that mine went up by $5, but I didn't read the fine print. How is the fine print? It, they had said it, under, as I read the letter that was sent to me, I was under the impression, the language in the letter, I was under the impression that I was getting the same plan, when in fact I was not getting the same plan. All of the premiums quadrupled. I found out yesterday as I looked at everything, if we have to go to the ER, the copay, just the copay is $600. Oh. That doesn't cover any of the care. It just is just to get in the door. Good Lord. Yeah. And they just change. I just, and you know, it's funny. It's not funny. It's weird because obviously they called it out, but I just wish they would be transparent and just send an email like, here's your old plan. Here's the new plan side by side, just like you can compare yeah. 
fucking televisions at Best Buy. Here's what's different. Yeah. If this is not okay with you, change your plan. The language basically said this is the same thing. Like, this is the same plan, you know? And it said you should call your representative if you want to ask any questions or if you want to make some changes to it. But this is your plan from from 2018 to 2019. This is the same thing. And it was like, okay, well, this is great. Not knowing that a $600 copay to the ER, $600. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, And how are deductibles? So I I did misread that twice. So I think I told you at first there was a misreading and I the deductible was $12,000 per person and that's when I was like had a heart attack that I couldn't pay for. <laughs> Yesterday I found out that the actual deductible is 7900 per person. Oh. Um and the way he explained it to me, and they were very, this is, this is the craziest thing, too, is that I called my insurance to ask some questions about care. I wanted them to recommend some doctors because they don't cover the university, which has the best medical care in the state. Um, and they only cover certain hospitals and certain doctors. And I had them explain the benefits to me. And he was, he explained it like this. So, like a, a visit to, the regular doctor, like your pediatrician or your primary care physician, it's a $50 copay. And then I am responsible for whatever price they have negotiated with that provider up until my deductible is met, which means that if if the visit itself is $250 and they've negotiated with the provider that they will only pay 175 of it, I'm responsible for the 175. And that's on top of the $50 copay. Then the $50 copay is kind of pointless. It's to get you in the door. Like, yeah, I mean, I get it, but it doesn't. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like, I mean, if, I feel like if that's how they're going to do it, then you should just pay the 175. <laughs> I know. Like the 50 is then going to nothing. I mean, it's yeah. like free money, basically. Mm-hmm. So that's a bit of a downer. It was a, it was a bit of a downer of a day. <laughs> Just realizing how limited our options are for care. <laughs> Getting in to see certain doctors is a six-month wait, possibly. Yep. And that doctor is 90 miles away. So it's... It's kind of mind blowing, actually. Like, like to be on the verge of a crisis, literally, be on the verge of a crisis that could bankrupt me. I mean, I think about it, and it's like, do I have seventy nine hundred dollars to throw at this one thing? I don't know. <laughs> right. If I can swing that. And then at the same time, you don't know if you can't. Exactly. Like you can, like there's the financially affording, and then there's the just life affording just in general you know can you make the decision to not yeah and it, it's interesting because i'm sure there's people out there who have maybe already tuned this out or are grumbling because this is again about healthcare or whatever but that's life like we wouldn't be talking about healthcare on a regular basis if it wasn't a routine consideration like if it was just there and the plans were good and we could do it, then it really wouldn't be an issue. It's not, I mean, no. there's like plenty of things we would like to talk about, but when it becomes <laughs> so dominant in the day to day, it's kind of hard to avoid it. Well, I, I made phone calls on Sunday, but nobody answers their phone on Sunday. Right. Yeah. So I just sort of like held my breath all day Sunday and I was like, I think things are going to be Okay. And then yesterday I hit the ground running and was literally on the phone for like six straight hours trying to figure all of this out. I mean, it consumed my entire day. And I talked to my mom a couple of times during that. And I was like, I don't know how I'm supposed to get actual work done when we're all I'm, I'm spending my entire day trying to figure out insurance and trying to find a doctor. And yeah, 
It's consuming. Yeah. And this is only, I, I fear that this is only going to get worse. Um, especially if they eliminate the pre-existing conditions component of these things. Because all of us, I mean, all of us have a pre-existing condition, basically. Well, yeah. I mean, I think everyone has something that could be spun as a pre-existing condition. Back when I took Deuce uh, as a business and we had to get private insurance. I, I need to interrupt you. I'm so sorry, but Lexton is calling me, and that's not a good sign. So just just bear oh, with no. me a second. We'll bear Thanks. with you. Hello. Hey. What do you mean? Is what's going on? It was it early dismissal today, and you had no idea. So what time do I need to come get you? Oh, it's going to be about 40 minutes. So I will be there. I'll text you when I'm on my way. Thanks. Bye. That's all right. Bye. Okay, I'm back. Is everything okay? Well, everything is okay in the sense that he forgot to tell me there's there's no last hour today and the day is done he's like do you need to go he's like so can you can you come get me i said yep i will be there in 45 minutes (laughs) there's this long pause i'm like well if you if you don't tell me i can't just that's not how this works it's not like he's not Mm -hmm. like outside cold or anything he's fine okay sorry children yes children see that is as real life as it gets there's not even like a 60-minute window. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. So sorry for yep. interrupting you. I believe you were talking no. about selecting doctors. Oh, back when we... I'm glad he's okay. Yeah, me too. <laughs> First you never all. know when it's like midday and you get that. I mean, <laughs> as you know, sometimes calls come through and it's it's not what you expect. No. Whenever I see, Again, whenever I see the school's number, I'm like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. I sing a song, oh, no. Well, this was especially weird uh, because it was his cell phone. And they don't use that when they're in school. So, you know. Ah. Yeah. Good times. Good times. You're like, please tell me you didn't call an ambulance. Just tell me that one thing. (laughs) I need to know now. I will come stop them and get you. Back when we applied for, this is 2005, when we applied for insurance, the only, the really, the only available insurance to people with pre-existing conditions in Utah at that time was the high-risk pool, which is basically catastrophic insurance. But to get the catastrophic insurance, you have to apply for a private plan three times. Oh, good lord! And get rejected three times, right? <laughs> uh, and John, who has a, uh, he's a, he has a cornea transplant. He has a condition called keratoconus. And he had a cornea transplant when he was 30. That wasn't his pre-existing condition. Hay fever was his pre-existing condition. Hay fever is the pre-existing condition? Yes. That's why he couldn't qualify is because he has allergies. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, it literally can be anything. Yeah. And I mean, this is obvious, but like you can be born with it and then be uninsurable. Mm Mm-hmm. Wow. Lita didn't qualify because she had a thing when she was two months old called, oh God, it was a plagiocephaly. It was a, her neck had a crick in it because she dropped really, really, really early before she was born. And so she slept on her head a little weird for the first two months. And so her skull started to like grow in a diagonal shape, but I immediately took her to the doctor and we did some physical therapy with her and it like cured itself within like a month and a half. But because of that, she wouldn't be able to qualify for private insurance until she was 14 years old. For, so she'd have to be uninsured for that long. Yeah. Wow. If, we did, if, if, if we didn't get the high risk pool or if one of us didn't go get a job that provided insurance for us. It's just a, it's just a travesty, the whole situation. Although I don't know if you know Rob Delaney on Twitter. I'm sure you do. I do. I'm familiar with this account. Yeah. He's written quite a bit about um, the. Does he live in Britain now? 
I think he he was California, right? And then he moved there to do a show. Yeah. Didn't he? And stayed? He was talking about the national health system. I, I think it was either in Britain um, or Canada, but about how it like kept his family from going bankrupt. And his, his, son, his son died. Um, his very young son died and went through a lot of medical procedures to try to prevent it. But he talked about how that national health system prevented his family from literally going bankrupt. And he's, he's like coached a lot of people through Twitter by saying you can negotiate prices with companies, with doctors, with dentists, with insurance companies, like don't ever give up in terms of trying to get your, the cost down. You can always like negotiate. So, which I, I agree with. I mean, I, after my whole heart incident, I spent a lot of time calling and negotiating and talking, but it's, it just sucks <laughs> because it takes a ton of time uh-huh. for one. And for another, a lot of these places have limited hours. So the only reason I was really able to do it is because I don't sit in an office all day. I could just call and wait on hold and set my phone on the table for 30 minutes and take care of it when they picked up. But not everyone can do that. So most people still end up getting screwed. Not not to say that Rob Delaney's life isn't busy, but in some ways he's got it easier and in some ways he's got it harder, mm-hmm. but he has the time to do mm-hmm. that. And that's a really big challenge. And it's usually the people who truly can't afford it are the ones who have no time. Right. Who are working two or three jobs and can't make ends meet. And it, yeah. It's so ridiculous. It's scary is what it is. It's just scary. It's scary to think that something can happen and you're faced with uh, you're faced with a bill that you don't know how you're going to pay. So what do you sell <laughs> to pay for it? Right. Right. right? Yeah. And th- I mean, and then we take that, you know, if we're going to kind of piggyback on last week, you look at a millennial who's got student loans and already up to their eyeballs in debt. And then mm-hmm. they have something happen and go to the hospital. And there's like another $20,000. Yeah. It's almost, this is a really weird analogy, but I remember, I think it was, I think it was Jay-Z that I read an interview on several years ago. I think it was him and he's just beyond successful. And he mentioned, I think he made a comment, something to the effect of at a certain point, you have so much money that everything is free. And it's just, just because the price really doesn't matter. And I think it's almost like the exact opposite, but a similar analogy for someone facing just this mounting pile of debt. Like at a certain point you have so much debt that it's always there forever. Yeah. There will never be a point in your life where you're not paying some huge sum of money on your debt. Yeah. And it's like, at that point, it's just like, fuck it. Fuck it. (laughs) Exactly. And then, yeah. And that's why you end up laughing about it, making jokes about it, because what the hell else are you going to do? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. When I was in, when I was in London last year, I met a woman who was a doctor with the NHS and she had been to the States a couple times. Um, And she, she was in the South. I want to say she somehow was in Texas, two, two cities in Texas for whatever reason. She was very nice, but she made a comment. She said, I don't understand why Americans don't like the NHS. And then they said, well, what do you mean? And she said, well, you hate it because you have to pay for it. But she said, you pay for insurance anyway. But she said, you, everybody hates it and they don't even know what it is. Exactly. I said, yeah, that's, that's pretty accurate. (laughs) Yeah. I don't, I can't, I can't really answer you because I don't hate it. They've been told a lot of lies about how, how it, how it works and they believe those lies when they yes. don't believe actual experiences i think i told you that i went to to see this doctor for some gastrointestinal stuff going on with me that i can't figure out and she <laughs> angrily told me to eat more fucking vegetables oh yeah that was her like she i wanted a referral to a gastroenterologist i have to get a referral in order for that to happen because I want somebody to give me a professional opinion about this. And she walked into the room and sat down and like slammed her pen on the table and was like, you need to eat more vegetables and you need to take some Metamucil. And I, first of all, it was a $50 copay. And then I got the bill in the mail. 
So the whole thing cost me almost like $300 for her to tell me to eat more vegetables. That was like, and that's like minuscule compared to if something major happens to someone, right? But it's like, I literally paid $300 for someone to say that to me. When I'm like, and it's a doctor you've not seen before. She, th- that was the second time I'd seen her because I had to find a new physician because my old one quit her practice. And wow, I'm not, and I did not go back. <laughs> well, and without her having really a history of, like a a, a good working history of you, mm-hmm. it's kind of a big assumption. Yeah, I mean, maybe you eat a lot of vegetables. I, and I told her over and over again. I was like, I can't do. I, like Metamucil and those things make me physically ill. I'm trying to I'm trying to explain to you that something's going on. Like there's there is a problem. I know my body. Something is wrong. And she just looked at me and shook her head and she's like, "Well, you're just gonna have to get used to that discomfort." <laughs> okay, d- discomfort and illness though are two pretty different <laughs> things. That's like saying, "Well, I don't really like the taste of it." Then I would accept the answer. Well, you're gonna have to get used to it. Like that's right. fine. But come on. Wow, it makes me vomit violently. Well, you're going to have to adjust your life. Okay. And I don't know how you feel about your intuition and your, your no pun intended, your gut reaction to things, right? <laughs> right. Like, my intuition is usually, and my gut instinct is usually spot on. Like, my kids walk in the door, and I know instantly what the rest of the day is going to be like. Right. I'm so I vibrate on their frequency so that when they walk in and I see like I can feel it, like I know how the rest of the day is going. I know something is wrong with me. So I had to go to a different doctor, pay another $50 copay. And she was just like, oh, yeah, I know a gastroenterologist. Here's this here. Yeah, totally. No big deal. Ah. (laughs) Which is also frustrating because that like that isn't even an insurance thing all the way. I mean, it is in part because you had to pay two copays plus whatever the bill is you're going to get from the second doctor. Exactly. But it's also just a shitty doctor. Yeah. Which I I mean, shitty people everywhere and there's great people everywhere. I get that. But that's just I I feel like there should be a way of like going to that appointment and then filling out like a rating like this doctor was not acceptable (laughs) and then you get a discount or something i don't know there's a there's a walk-in clinic near me and it got to the point where i would take lexton there to begin with because for one the doctor was phenomenal so not only was i mean it's a walk-in clinic so it's busy but this doctor would come in sit down, ask you about your day, talk, like there was no rush, perfect. And anytime that you needed a medication, he would write the script and then he would tell you like these five things to try before you went to get the medication to try and save you the money. But he would write you the script so you didn't have to come back. Oh my God. To pay for, to pay a second copay. That's so amazing. It was awesome. And he would do it every single time and he's just great. Not that, not that, you know, the general practice doctors around here are bad, but that just kind of blew my mind because he, he actually said at one point, he's like, I'm just going to write you the script. That way you don't have to make a second trip and pay a second copay. Yeah. I'm like, oh my God, you could make money by not doing this. <laughs> like what? I mean, it's just, it's so odd, but that's how it should be. I mean, mm-hmm. I don't know. It shouldn't, it's not a for-profit thing. It is, but it shouldn't be. Well, there's also the doctor's who don't tell you the side effects of the medication that they're prescribing you, which drives me bonkers. Oh yeah. And it's like, I've, I've talked to someone recently and I'm like, you do know that this is a side effect of that medication. And they're like, what? I'm like, yeah, like I know these medications, that is a huge side effect. And they were like, what are you talking about? Why didn't my doctor tell me this? And I'm like, ah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> which is really weird too. I mean, even, by me, the doctors will usually say, but every single time I've picked up a new prescription, someone at the pharmacy will say, have you had this before? Do yeah. you know about the side effects? Do you know how much you're supposed to like, you know, usually I'll say, yeah, I, I know because it's familiar stuff, but they will go over absolutely everything. Oh yeah. So to have no a doctor not do it and then the pharmacist not do it, that's a, that's a pretty significant fail. <laughs> Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. 
That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm glad you brought that up. Um... Cammy was here and we um, needed to get some medication changes for her. And I wanted to help her out with that because I could bring her here and she can hang out with my kids. <laughs> right. And everybody is, loves Cammy, So it works out. Yeah. It's, it was a, it was a wonderful three weeks. She got prescribed this medication and when we go to this pharmacy. So there's, I guess there's an app called blink. Have you heard about this? Blink. Blink. No. So, if you don't have insurance and you need prescriptions, you can download an app called Blink. And what it does is it finds the pharmacies in your area that are using Blink. And what Blink does is it will, uh, the, the pharmacy will match the cheapest form of that drug. So if some pharmacies may charge you a certain amount for it, but what Blink does is Blink says, we're coming to get this medication, will you match these prices? Like the lowest price possible. Wow. Yeah. So like that's pretty awesome. We, like medication was like ten dollars without without insurance. And this is a this is a pharmacy I'd never been to, and it could be also that she's really hot. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! It, it could be that, but the the uh, pharmacist or the guy or the the tech. I don't know if he's the actual pharmacist, but he's he was youngish. I would say early 30s. And he like spent 10 minutes talking to her and was like, have you ever taken these before? And she's like, well, yeah, but I haven't taken this specific one. And he was super sweet about like, well, this may happen and you may be thinking this, but give it a little bit of time and like this and doing this and you might try this as well. But if you have any other questions, just give us a call and we'll totally be here. And it was like, here's what? my home number. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, he was into you, Cammy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So she's hot and can get like free healthcare. So if you can send like, me your number, I'm all I'm I'm there for that. That's like, all every, it takes. Every time I fill my prescriptions, you're coming with me. <laughs> <laughs> but that it's funny because like that stands out to you, yeah, because of the service she got, and that's absurd. Uh huh. It, I mean, it is because you should, that it's, it's medicine. Yeah. There needs to be an app where people can just give out their extra pills. I mean, like, Hey, I think I need this. Does anyone have a few laying around? <laughs> like, Oh yeah. <laughs> Meet in the parking lot. Oh my God. Like I should, I'll probably get arrested for this, but there was a medication I was prescribed and I did not like it at all, but I had like, refilled it like three times and my stepfather was started taking it and i was like dude i got i got three months for you waiting at home <laughs> oh my god but he he was on a prescription so I yeah mean, yeah it was the same it was know. the same drug but what they also don't like need to tell you as well some of these medications if you stop taking them there are serious withdrawal symptoms oh yeah and that's not being communicated and that's another problem. Well, and sometimes those symptoms can take a little bit to kick in because that medication takes a while to settle into your system. Yeah. And it takes a while to settle out. So I think, too, people hear, well, there's withdrawal, and then they stop taking it, and, you know, a week goes by, and they feel fine. So they assume, really, that must not have been an issue for me. But the withdrawal just hasn't set in. Mm-hmm. So then it sets in, and then maybe they don't make that connection that that's mu must be what this is, you know? Yeah. 
there's, it's so complicated. There's just so much to communicate. And when the communication isn't there, there's all these issues. So this is a personal question and you don't have to answer it if you don't okay. want to. Have you ever been on an antidepressant? Well, I guess that depends. I took, oh man, I'm going to have to think. You you will know better than I. I was on anti-anxiety, which is that completely different or are they related? Um, It depends on which one. Oh man. Hmm. You don't remember the name? I don't. I mean, this was back in 2000. This was back in 2015 when everything <laughs> fell apart. And I can't yeah. out for the life of me remember the name. Um, so, so, so even, so an, an SSRI is a specific type of depression drug. We're going to have a science lesson today really quickly. Perfect. Um, SSRIs are serotonin reuptake inhibitors, uh, meaning that they manage the serotonin in your brain to make sure that you're getting enough serotonin when you face a crisis. Um, and Zoloft has a half-life, meaning that it stays in your system of about like a day or two days. So if you, if you like quit cold turkey on Zoloft, <laughs> it's fucking horrifying. It's horrifying. Did you ever see the movie Train Spotting? No, I have not. I know of it, but I haven't seen it. So I described it even on my website years ago when I went off Zoloft. There, there's a scene in the movie where this dead baby is crawling across the ceiling. <laughs> a dead baby? A dead baby. All right. And because um, this guy is having a really bad trip and he sees this dead baby crawling across the ceiling. It, it like going off Zoloft cold turkey kind of makes you feel like you're watching a dead baby crawl across the ceiling. Like you, you are nauseated. You feel out of completely out of your mind and you get what's called what I call brain zaps where all of a sudden it feels like somebody is electrocuting your brain and you lose sight like very temporarily and you don't know when it's going to come on. You don't know how often it's going to happen, but like that's like the immediate withdrawal of Zoloft. So you have to like really wean yourself off Zoloft. Whereas Prozac and SSRI can stay in your system for six weeks. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Interesting. Yeah. it's And so not knowing these things, people go into this going, oh, it's, so I feel better. A lot of people, a lot of uh, a symptom of, of being depressed is that when you start to feel better, you think that you can go off your medication. Yes. Yeah. And that happens a lot. And they don't know about the withdrawal symptoms, um, which is why any any of my friends, whenever they go on a drug, I'm like, which one is it? I know all about it. <laughs> it's going to do this. It may do this. It may do this. But is that, though, I've always kind of wondered that. Is, is it because, like, why, why is that? I mean, you know, bef- before you get medication, you know, you, you're diagnosed with depression, so you get a medication. And depression meds are never plugged as you know take for two weeks and you're good so what makes people stop like what is it i mean i'm sure there's lots of different reasons but in your opinion why do that if you know that it's something that has to be maintained because we've convinced ourselves that it's not that yeah the drug helped us a little bit but now we're better but now we're better Right. Oh, like I needed the drug to help me get to this point, but now I'm okay. But now I'm okay. Uh, Interesting. That's like a common theme with people who experience depression. Oh, I'm 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 better now. I'm fine. And some people may be fine, but I think the majority of us who do that realize within days, oh wait, oh shit, what did I just do? Right. Yeah. And then those, and then the medications that take a while to kick in. It's like you Mm -hmm. wait until they've left your system and realize, oh shit, and start taking them again. But there's still that period yeah, where it's not actually doing anything yet. Mm -hmm. That is wild. It makes me want to go back and look and see what I was taking. I don't remember. Yeah. But it made me feel weird. And I did not like that. A lot of them do make you feel weird. Yeah. Yeah. The one that I had been prescribed made me feel extremely weird. Very, very weird. It was strange because it was like there was a piece of it that helped with the anxiety, but then at the same time, it made me feel so weird 
that that made me anxious. Like I couldn't figure out <laughs> exactly. why I felt weird. I'm like, this is, this has just shifted my anxiety. That's all it's mm -hmm. done. And I do, I mean, I do think, um, I know I just, just asked that question, but I guess at least from the anxiety standpoint, for me, it was like, as weird as it sounds, I needed something to take the edge off mm -hmm. so that I felt like I could kind of get my mind around the situation and evaluate it. And then was able to get off of it without any major issue because in in my case, I mean, the, the main thing causing that anxiety was passing. Right. I mean, it wasn't like this constant thing in my life. It was a six month period that was pretty bad. And after that it was gone, but I needed something to kind of cut that so that I could step back and evaluate. Yeah. You didn't have a history of, of depression and anxiety, right? No. Yeah. This was like a very, very specific situational episode of like, this is going on and I need this to help me through this thing that is going on very specifically right now. Right. Just general life yeah. fuckery. Yeah. Yeah. Anti-anxiety meds, the benzos, the benzo, what is the word? I'm blanking. The benzodiaza, but benzodiazepines, is that what they are? They just Could call be. them benzos. Okay. Are extraordinarily addictive and going off of them is hell um oh. specifically xanax um, okay yeah and those drugs are regulated to the point like so i have a valium prescription and i'm allowed to take a lot more than i do i don't i don't like to take anti-anxiety medication during the day because it makes me tired Although I experience a lot of anxiety all the time. Um, I so take you, my, do you take everything at night? Yeah. Okay. And uh, I have to show my driver's license in order to get it. Because those drugs are so addictive that they have to regulate it. Wow. I know too, I know too way too much about this shit. <laughs> That's good though. I mean. Yeah. it's But it's funny because. Here we're talking about just the complexities of trying to find a doctor and navigate this and get the information. And you think about uh, the population of people that suffer from anxiety and depression. Having to climb that fucking mountain while facing anxiety and depression. Like not only are you acknowledging to yourself, I probably need to get help. But now I have to spend six hours on the phone trying to find someone. I have to make sure my insurance is going to pay for it. I have to figure out how much they're going to pay for it. I have to figure out how many times they're going to pay for it. I have to figure out if they'll pay for the meds. Mm -hmm. Like I don't suffer from anxiety or depression, but I can only imagine that that probably doesn't help. No. I mean, and then, and then like a lot of psychiatrists aren't good. I'm just going to go ahead and like, I'll, I'll take the hate mail from psychiatrists, but a lot of them aren't good. Psychiatry is a very fine science, and um, a lot of them don't. A lot of them just aren't good. Well, and I think you know, to to soften the criticism, <sighs> I think there are a lot that aren't good. And then, if you whittle that down to the population that is good, or that are good, they're not all good for you. Mm -hmm. And that's, I have, I have a friend who's, who's in the process of, I guess, feeling out therapists. And I kept telling her, I'm like, you, you don't have to like them. If you go to one and you don't like them, it doesn't mean you're bad or they're bad. It just means yeah. it's not going to work. Find a different one. It's not, it's not a bad thing, but it's okay to do that. And finding a different one can then again be very difficult. Yes. I mean, again, so child psychiatrists all have six month waiting lists. All of them. Yeah. Even yep. the ones 90 miles away have a six-month waiting list. And it's like, okay, wait a minute. Stop. Stop for just a second and realize the absurdity of this. A child has a psychiatric emergency and you are you want that child to wait six months? And is it is it 100% six months or is it I can come in and pay cash? Will you see them? No, it's um, if they have a cancellation, they'll call you. Good Lord. Yeah, yeah. How does that work then? So you then you end up seeing a bad one. And then for a lot of people realizing, thinking it's a crock of shit. You know, you end up basically, you can go to your general practitioner is what you can do, right? Your general practitioner can prescribe a lot of these medications, the ones that aren't controlled at least. But the general practitioner isn't as, 
like, isn't a psychiatrist, right? Right. They don't, they didn't take, they didn't take that, they didn't major in that. <laughs> so what is so amazing about my psychiatrist and why he's the best in the world? I'll just go ahead again and just say that about him. He has a doctorate not only in psychiatry, but also in pharmacology. So he knows every drug. He knows how all drugs work. And what he does is he works in combinations. And he works, he combines drugs in ways that most doctors don't know how to do. Which is invaluable. But he doesn't take new patients. (laughs) Really, he's capped. Oh, yeah. He actually, he was diagnosed with something, uh, I think it was five years ago, and he dropped 80 of his patients and kept eight of us. And I was one of the eight that he kept. Oh, wow. Very lucky. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You don't have to search. You know that he's good. Mm -hmm. And that's yours. And does he see kids or not? He agreed to see Lita uh, earlier last year. She was... Her anxiety just really flared up, and I actually called his office, and I've called his office so many times to try to get, like, a referral to somewhere else. And he he and his secretary did a ton of research, and everybody had a six-month waiting list. And he's like, I'll see her. I will absolutely agree to see her, bring her in. So he has done me some favors. And then did he see kids before he did that or not? No. Okay, so he's not technically. He just would because he would because that's nice. <laughs> he would because we we are, we are really 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 good friends, <laughs> which is good. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess maybe theoretically you don't want to have to be good friends with someone in that profession. Oh, he's he is but. um he you if you met him, he's very buttoned up. You know, gray hair, glasses. He has revolutionized ECT. He runs the ECT, you know, department at uni, which is like the best in the world. And and you meet him and you talk to him and then he will crack the crassest joke you've ever heard. <laughs> the crassest. That's awesome. <laughs> he, so that's why we get along. <laughs> so just looking at him, you would assume he is like he fits the stereotype. You look at him, you would think he would never say the word fuck. And I've never heard someone say fuck more than him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah, this is a psychiatric episode. Which is, I think, important for a lot of people and a lot of people who probably don't want to say anything or don't know if they should say anything. Stuff that should be talked about. And there shouldn't be so many hurdles to get to this point. No, and I... To see someone... I think, like I said, there's so much depression in your generation and there's so much depression in Lita's generation. And, um, I mean, there's an epidemic, especially in Utah. I mean, it's an epidemic and it's like, there's gotta be a better way to do this. There's gotta be a better way because the despair of these generations growing up is so much more, I mean, mine was intense for sure, but what's interesting about like Lita and her depression, my anxiety and depression growing up, I completely bottled it up. Like, you, no one talked about it. Like, we, it was embarrassing. So like I hid it and I just like bottled it all up. Well, Lita isn't like Lita and I know, I know this about many other people who experience depression her age are like outwardly expressing it like it is it's so overwhelming and so incomprehensible and confusing to them that they don't know what else to do except express it so we've got to figure out a better way we've got to figure out a better way looking at it that way i mean maybe obviously far too slow but when you were her age you didn't say anything about it because it was so seriously stigmatized that you didn't and it still is stigmatized for sure. But the fact that people are now talking about it without that same amount of worry is encouraging. Yeah. I mean, we've got a long ways to go, but it's great that, you know, rather than trying to bottle it up, 
people are speaking out. Yeah. But then when you speak out and there's, you know, hurdle after hurdle after hurdle to clear to find someone to find out if it's covered, to pay for it if it's not, et cetera, et cetera. That's, it's kind of a beast. Oh, yeah. And Lady would be okay with me saying this. So my children have been seeing this uh, this guy. And I think I've said this before, like all of my friends' children see this guy. And he has to, when, when we pass each other in the waiting room, he has to pretend that he doesn't know that we know each other. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh man. And he's really good with young kids. But with Lita, like Lita's looking for she wants more practical tools and advice on how to deal with certain situations, like very, very, very specific situations. Whereas um the guy that they go see sort of just like draws out emotion and tries to explore emotion and, and that's really good for younger kids. Lita wants to see a woman. So uh, oh my god, I spent I spent three hours this morning on the phone, basically going from one to the next, to the next, to the next, because they were all like, well, I do see kids her age, but I'm booked. So here's the name of another one. So I called that person and we get her voicemail and then I would look up another one and that person is six months out. And then I would call another one and that one was like, well, I don't normally see kids and I really don't want, I want your child to have the best care possible. So here's another one. I was like, this is maddening. <laughs> and you just keep getting passed around. And, and this is just this is a psychologist. And I have to pay out of pocket anyway. So this wasn't even an insurance question. It was just like nobody has nobody's taking new patients. It's six months out. I don't want to treat kids. Like fuck. Okay. <laughs> it's not it's not funny, but I mean, good lord. Yeah. Yeah. You just keep getting passed around and around and around. So this has really been uplifting. <laughs> it's been, things have just been so bright and cheery lately. I will I will say this, like I found someone. I did find someone for her and I made an appointment and the stuff that I was crying about over the weekend, I have a plan in place. Like I got that shit done yesterday, like you know, I and when it comes to mental health, like I am so on top of that shit because I am I know how grave it can be, especially living in Utah. I I, I know I've mentioned before that my my brother's son uh, goes to a high school where there were nine suicides last year. Yeah, um, I take this shit very seriously. You have to. You have to. But. It doesn't change the fact that the amount of time required to take it seriously <laughs> is ridiculous. And just so everybody knows, like, I'm I'm good. I'm good. <laughs> I'm, I'm mostly good. Am I exhausted? Yes. But, like, my head is in a good place. Like, I'm managing my anxiety. Like, I'm okay. I'm okay. Just keep saying that. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm, although I'm pretty sure, like, the system is designed to prove you wrong in this case. Like, yeah, you're good. Just fucking wait. Five phone calls later and you're not going to be. <laughs> oh, but that, I mean, that, that says a lot though about how far you've come too. Oh yeah. In your own headspace, which is awesome. So, And I think you have a book coming out about that. I do have a book coming out about this. I'll say that the response so far has been really good. The best response has been, oh my God, like even if you don't have anxiety, you know someone who does and this is what they're feeling. Um, read it just for that alone, just to know what that person is going through. Just to have sympathy for things you can't really understand. Yeah. Um, and yep, and that book comes out, and I gotta get like, I had I had huge plans to like figure out stuff yesterday. <laughs> I know. Yes, yesterday was Monday. <laughs> and I, instead, I spent it on the phone with with Select Health Utah. <laughs> there you go. Mm -hmm. See, plans change. Why do we even make plans, honestly? <laughs> but time well spent. Yes. Which is good. Well, I guess if, I mean, if anyone wants to weigh in on withdrawal, withdrawal. side effects. Yeah. Finding therapists, recommendations. Maybe you're building an app that lets people swap pills. <laughs> we we want to hear about that. If you've had experience getting uh, 
in to see a child psychiatrist and have found tips or tricks or you're frustrated as well like I would I would personally love to hear from you I mean I I think I can safely say that almost all of us now are somehow in some way affected by depression whether it's our own or from someone that we know so I, that's why I keep continuing these conversations is so that we can swap info to try to make it to, to get it to a better place Yes. It's an important conversation to have and keep having. Mm-hmm. So as always, you can email us to stories at manicramblings.com. You can find us on social media, uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at manicramblings and over on Patreon to keep this show up and running. Uh, Patreon.com slash manicramblings. And until next time. My copay is $7,900, motherfuckers. How much is your copay? <laughs> no, that's not a copay. It's a deductible. <laughs> Shit. That's the deductible. Okay. Still shitty. Either way, though. Let's be honest. Many thanks to Tan Lines for the soundtrack, to Lisa Congdon for the cover art and to Ryan Coomer for his expertise with the editing stuff. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello? Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.